Nastasapod for Friday. What a wonderful day. I'm feeling good. Uh, we got a ton of Q&As to get through, and also a very big shipping update that has important, pertinent information for everybody. So, uh, strap in, folks. It's time. Nastasapod. So let's go through our shipping update right now. Um, the sale of this past week was hugely successful. I thank you guys for that. I have been assuming that sales will drop off at some point due to the worldwide crisis that's going on. That was not the case for this sale. And that is very good because this is a crucial time. I am placing orders for Radic and for Hackerman and trying to gauge where the customer base will be in, I guess, for the rest of the year. So it's encouraging to see a strong turnout. I assume more people will be dropping off as things get tighter and tighter. Um, thank you for turning out for it. Very big deal and a lot of uh, cash at a very crucial time when I got to cut some checks that uh, otherwise would have been impossible to do. So I'm very happy about that. Um, the first versions of Radic are getting ready to leave the factory. Hopefully, it's going to happen over the next couple days. With all of this information, you have to take the caveats that, one, borders are still being shut and opened and delayed overseas. Two, obviously the U.S. is under attack, if you think about it, and uh, there could be delays at any juncture of the supply chain. So, Please uh, take any of this information as preliminary. There are going to be changes in what I tell you. We just don't know yet what bumps are going to be hitting the road. So Radic is scheduled to leave fairly soon. That means he can be the April action figure of the month. Uh, what I am attempting to do is to take your orders from this past week, combine them with Radic, combine them with Patreon gifts, uh, anybody who hasn't received a Patreon gift from the past uh, four or five weeks, I'm attempting to get those out as well. Um, this uh, action figure of the month would include this month uh, full year subscribers. If you sign up for a full year, you do get the bonus glow in the dark Radic figure, which I've given a teaser image of on Patreon for patrons. Um, there will be glow-in-the-dark Radic on the store sometime shortly thereafter, so look forward to that. Uh, and then all action figure of the month, one month subscribers. This is your month. You're going to get it. So what I uh, ask of you folks is that you just be patient. It's going to take me about a week from today to get everything out, assuming Radic is not delayed somewhere in the food chain, which may very well happen. So, um, I will uh, keep you all abreast of the developments. Hopefully, we don't hit too many snitches here, and um, I can get all this stuff out. This, this is a very, very big fulfillment. It's not quite the biggest one I've done. I think that the first part of Subsidy Supply Drop was the largest I've ever handled, but this one's right up there. There's a ton of packages that have to go out, and it's going to be a big multi-day process, multi-week process, really. So um, hang in there. I'm working on it, and uh, I'm very, very excited for everybody to get Radic in their hands. I am 
thrilled to death with this figure. It is surprising. It works in ways you don't anticipate it to. Some of the builds and concoctions you can do are really phenomenal and fun. And this is only the first chapter of Radic because really he is made to be interchanged with Hackerman, who is moving along. I'm going to talk a little bit about that uh, with a specific question that was asked. Um, so you're you're going to have this great experience with Radic, and then when Hackerman finally gets here, that's going to open up the world even bigger. So it's a very exciting time to be a Knight of the Slice fanatic, and I do appreciate your fanaticism. Um, also sanitizing and things like that. I do not do any additional sanitization of the goods that I get. Um, you should be wa washing anything you get from me or really anything that comes in at all from anywhere. Um, I'm going to dig into this because there's a specific question uh, that was asked about this. But uh, basically, here's what I do when I get a package. I open it outside with gloves on and I throw away anything external and then whatever that item on the inside is I take it inside and if it is uh, non-electronic I wash it with warm water and soap and if it is a sort of electronic or sensitive device that can't have water I wipe it down with either bleach wipes or 90% um, uh, alcohol so I would recommend you guys do this. You should do this for everything you receive, including things that uh, I receive or I send you. And um, in this world, during this crisis, it's always better to be overly safe, I think. Now with that out of the way, let's hop into your questions. Okay, first up, our patron questions. Thank you guys for your patronage. It's It's been a wild ride to watch, right? Because on the first of the month, there's always a drop-off in subscribers. It just happens naturally. People sort of, uh, you know, especially now, people have to tighten their belt. They have to make exceptions. Um, there has been a drop-off, obviously, moving into April for my subscriber count on Patreon. There has also been an influx of new patrons, and it has actually equalized itself out. So, very appreciative of my new patrons. You came just at the right time. So much of Knights of the Slice in this grand project happens to work out that way, where there's a lifeline at the very last second that comes in and scoops things up. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. Uh, I was looking at a very bleak financial picture at the start of this month, knowing I would also have to order Radic inventory and Hackerman inventory and settle up for those tools. Things were absolutely looking bleak to the point where I would have had to have taken a loan or, you know, who knows, to bridge the gap of what was coming in. And this was pre-lockdown for the majority of the U.S. Within the last week, all these very weird and odd events have occurred that have actually magically transported cash to me. Um, I'm getting a, a tax rebate for the first time in a very long time. All this money is going right to new production and uh, ordering inventory. 
uh, a client that I've been chasing since November of last year, miraculously turns up and says, hey, I'm going to pay your invoice. Here's the bank wire information. Out of nowhere, this, is, this was potentially a legal situation. I had talked to lawyers about going after these people to get paid. And then they finally, at the final hour, come through. And this money is greatly needed. So as we stand today, I have enough to get by. And I can do the things I want to do with Hackerman and with Radic. And every sale that happens gives a huge influx of cash that keeps us alive and allows me to move to the next step. And I think we're very close to being able to show what happens beyond Hackerman and Radic. We're getting ever so close. Um, so I don't know why things always turn out this way, but they have. All of Knights of Slice has been this string of sequences that defy logic and, and it's luck at the very last minute. And uh, I don't know why it happens, but I'm very appreciative of it. First question from Lori Herps. I was wondering this, since most of the characters are still alive, is Britain still alive? Well, my friend, Britain is alive. And uh, I would not be surprised if Britain actually makes an action figure debut sometime this year. So keep your fingers crossed for that. Gotta get Britain. It's also worth mentioning in this uh, Q&A thread, I also posted that teaser image of Glow in the Dark Radic. If you guys want to see it, um, you can sign up for as little as a dollar today on Patreon. Uh, some of these comments here are in direct reference to um, the Radic Glow in the Dark figure. Jerry Bow says, the black glasses are a nice touch on the glow in the dark. It occurs to me that this might mesh well with a certain green test shot. Jerry, you're 100% right, and this glow in the dark figure is going to look amazing with all the other wonderful glow in the dark pieces that exist in the Glios world. So I'm excited to get him out there. Lance asks, what for some would be an impossible question? He says, Jack Burton or Snake Plissken? Oh, and then he adds on Orr McCready. See, he's, he's complicating things. Um, I, I'm going to pick Jack Burton above all this. Uh, shocking revelation here. I've never seen any of the Escape from New York or L.A. movies. Um, I, d I don't know why. It's a weird hole in my filmography. Never watched them. I did watch, on constant repeat, Big Trouble in Little China. Jack Burton is an awesome character. That's such a fun movie. Um, McCready's right up there, too, because that, that is... The thing is arguably a perfect movie. It's one of those rare films that still holds up today. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with Jack Burton. That's my pick. Gordon has a fantastic question, and I think uh, all of you guys should be thinking about this, too. I've been thinking about getting my first Acid Rain figure from Big Bad Toy Store, and I was wondering what you'd recommend as an intro. Are the quality between the figures from Toy Alliance, Ori Toy, and Beaver very different? So you should all, if you haven't already, you should pick up your first Acid Rain figure. Um, I don't want to say too much, but you will need an Acid Rain figure in order to fully appreciate the Kit Lau and Knights of the Slice and Onel crossover that's coming down the pipeline. You're going to need to be familiar with these figures. You may want to have some of these parts. Um, so take it upon yourself to check one out. Now, Gordon points out Big Bad Toy Store, who I love. I order a lot of stuff from. I've worked with Joel at Big Bad for more than a decade. They are a really excellent company. 
Right now, there are some insane sales happening on there. And they're not a sponsor of mine. I don't make any money from this. I'm just happy to promote them because I frequent them all the time. There are some acid rain figures that are on sale. And these sales are insane. And there are some phenomenal deals that you can have. I'm looking at this right now. So it's hard to sort of whittle it down to what is a single figure you would need. So let me answer that in a bit. First, I'll answer the later part of the question. Is there a quality difference between toy lines, Oritor, and Beaver? So Beaver, who manufacture the Acid Rain 2.5-inch figures, those are closer to scale of, like, Kenner Mask. Um, They feature a lot of interchangeable parts, which there's not a ton of interchangeability with the 4-inch scale figures or vehicles. Um, The... The Beaver line I own a lot of. I prefer the 4-inch line. I'm a 4-inch guy. That's just where my interests lie. So if you were forcing me to pick over the 4-inch or the 2.5 line, I'm going to go with the 4-inch line. If you happen to be into, like, uh, the Mega Bloks minifigures, if you happen to be into Kenner Mask or Sky Commanders or Dino Riders and you want extra accessories and vehicles to go along with that, I think the 2.5 line is really great to supplement that pursuit. But being a 4-inch guy, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with there. And I just realized how uh, silly that sentence sounds. I'm not a 4-inch guy, but you understand my meaning. Um, there is not a huge difference between Toy Alliance and Ori Toy. Uh, they are just sort of different production partners. There are some people that are purists and they only want Ori Toy manufactured acid rain. Uh, Toy Alliance is sort of the newer, um, I guess you would say, distributor and manufacturing partner. Uh, I don't, for me, there's no material difference in Ori Toy or Toy Alliance. I find that the quality is maintained beautifully. Uh, I know Kit is extremely involved in uh, the production of these things. So, to me, I don't see a difference. I I wouldn't caution one against the other. I think they're both equally good. Now, to hop backwards in terms of what your first purchase should be. It depends if you're going for something cheap or you want just like the best experience you can get. And I'm only going to talk about the things that are in stock at Big Bad Toy Store because um, there's some great pre-orders, but those won't be here for a while. Uh, Pound for pound, I think the best value you're going to get is the Acid Rain Space Prisoner. This is half off right now, which is insane. And uh, he clocks in at 20 bucks. That is an enormous value for this figure. I love this figure. I picked it up in San Diego Comic-Con when it was first released. That must have been a few years ago at this point, three or four years ago. Uh, I was lucky enough to have Kit sign it. This is a fantastic figure. The head sculpt is awesome. There's a ton of parts. He has these big gauntlets that slip onto his forearms. Um, that I think is the single best deal you're going to find in Acid Rain and you're going to find on this site. Um, they also have the Phantoms for pretty damn cheap. $30 for a two-pack. Now the Phantoms are like weird marauder type characters. They have like antlers stuck to their gas masks and they wear these big fuzzy coats and have uh, sniper rifles. Very, very cool sets. Insane price. That's a great deal. Um, it just depends if you want a more 
militaristic looking acid rain figure or if you want something a little more wilder with flourishes i think that the phantom teams either one of those are a good bet and it, you also get a lot of parts with these two packs which uh might be something you're interested in um they also have the prospector figure which is a pretty standard sort of entryway that's a that's a good figure i would um i think that might be a good one to order um I believe this is also the female figure. Yeah, Prospector is the female figure. So really fantastic sort of uh, new type of body um, that you might be interested in. So that's a good one. The Acid Rain Flame Trooper is also on sale. That's a solid figure to get. But I think at the same price, the Space Prisoner is probably going to be better. You know what? I'm just thinking I will post uh, the link to this store so you guys can check these out. Um... If you need a vehicle, which I think vehicles are, you know, a pretty good part of the Acid Rain play pattern, the uh, bicycle set is really awesome. I, I love the bike. Um, I've always been attracted to, like, toy lines that have that one motorcycle and, and driver pack. Going back to, like, Fisher-Price Adventure People days, or even, you know, Jurassic Park 2 had that awesome motorcycle guy. Um, I've always liked that stuff. I think that's a solid buy. It's not currently on sale, but it's worth it. They also have the uh, Laurel Rescue, which is a big mech suit, and that's marked down to 80 bucks, and that's a pretty good bargain for that, because that is a, a big hulking figure, and it works with all three and three quarter inch action figures, which is pretty great. So, I think that's a good one, too. Um, looking here on the second page... Yeah, you know, if if you are going to go for the uh, bike set, the Stealth Trooper one is a little cooler colorway, in my opinion. You can also buy the uh, bike by itself for 30 bucks, but I think it's worth the extra money so that you can get the, the uh, figure as well. Um, oh, yeah, and then there's the Ghost Laurel, which is sold out, but I, I have that in my collection. It's really quite beautiful. It's all clear, which is wild. So there's some fantastic options. Um, I say just buy from Big Bad Toy Store. I, I really like them. I don't think it's worth looking around secondary market and things like that. You, you know you're going to get something good from Big Bad. A um, lot of amazing options. You check it out. You tell me what you think. But you will want to have one or two Acid Rain figures by the time we get to our collaboration. I think that the, the real fun that's going to happen is going to come from having a lot of different parts to play with and doing builds and being creative. And uh, as we inch ever so close to the finish line on that project, I am super excited. And uh, I did get the thumbs up to share with Patreon first what this whole thing looks like. So that should be coming in the next couple of months, probably in the summer. I think keep your eyes peeled for that. And uh, it's gonna be exciting. You've just unlocked the bonus round. We got a dispatch from the Arizona Outpost. One of the earliest fans, Matthew Connolly, has a whole lightning round of questions for me to answer. So let's go real quick. One, I have started making art inserts for my capsules while working on web meetings. Would you consider doing a capsule art contest? That's a good idea. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that into consideration. 
I do have other capsule art already ready to go. So I got to think about when the best timing for that would be. Number two, is Eel really a battle-hardened hob that fell into the vector or found a region capsule and got Franken-sliced up? The eye really screams hob angry. Hob destroys all haters. Good thing Hob and I are co-working office mates. He makes a swell green tea matcha latte. Uh, no comment on that theory, although Matt did accidentally predict Vector Vampires uh, prior to my release of them. So you never know. He might be an oracle in some respects. Number three, will there be a Vecpire male and female character two-pack, or will they be blue flesh as Vecpire and vampires like to seduce their next meal? Maybe with select cloth goods for a modest cheesecake flirty looks, or just a furry shag run for Vecpire trysts. Um, I haven't thought about additional Vecpires. I assume there will be more. Uh, I don't have any chambered and ready to fire, if that makes sense. Number four, I know you love Subcity. We get a Saima Mermaid called Siren and a Coral Reef Rift Killer colorway. Um, don't know if that's going to happen, but we are taking a trip back to Sub City as soon as the pool opens here and the weather is a little bit warmer. So strap in and get ready to dive. Besides me, have any other squires been rocking their capsules like Hip Hop Medallions? Not that I've seen, but I, I also wanted to add a belt clip so these could be clipped onto a waist. Um, Ultimately, I nixed that idea because I do not want to inspire hate crimes in public. Number six, Pangea Ion Gorilla Shirt. Makes for a great scarf when folded using the armholes over a neck joint. But without his shirt, Pig is a really skinny dude. He must do a lot of P90 VEC stepboard workouts. Um, yes, he he's rather svelte. Uh, the backstory between him and his twin sister has not been revealed yet, but... Part of that may clue you in to why he has the physique he has. Forrest with Marson's cape is a real fashion plate. Can we get another Marson figure or other Martian beings? Just love that green skin. You're going to get both. There will be both new Marson figures and new Martian beings. So uh, stay tuned and I'm looking forward to sharing them. Number eight, will we see a Lord of the Scoops or Detective Fubar Safari in the near future? Who can say? The uh, timeline is unclear at this point, but anything is possible. And number nine, these bugs, what do they like to eat? Krispy Kremes, but only when that light is on and they're coming in hot. Gabe Berrigan, I've been racking my brain with the beautiful chaos of your last couple Frankenstein figures that were released. Reed and Blue Falcon use similar parts, but not exactly the same. Is that a correct assumption? Uh, more or less. So they they utilize the same base figure, which is the Lilac Device Ninja. Uh, I tried to be as consistent with the parts as possible, but there may be some different configurations in terms of the upper shoulders. For Device Ninjas, there are four different upper shoulders. Two left, two right. One comes with the caliber kit, one comes with the standard device ninja figure. I try my best to separate those out and be consistent in Frankenslice part delegation, but it is possible that, you know, a Blue Falcon has shoulder set A, and, uh, you know, uh, the Reed figure has shoulder set B, and, and vice versa in certain small amounts. But generally, you should 
have all those parts if you got both those figures, if that makes sense. The, the Frankenslice process, I like to keep very loose. I know this definitely triggers people's OCD and collecting compulsions, but it is an experiment for me. I try not to be really rigid in the thinking around it because that makes it a lot of work and not fun at all and thus makes me less likely to do it in the future. Quentin Russo says, what does Radic's voice sound like? Does he have an accent? I must know. And even better, what about Head of Tank? Um, if you want to know what Radic's voice sounds like, you're going to have to wait for the animated series, which is scheduled to come out in uh, 2030, I'm assuming, if we're on our current timeline. Uh, just waiting for Hollywood to discover us and get that animation deal and do all the work and finish it and get it out to theater. So just stand by. I'll keep you updated on the progress of that. Um, does he have an accent? I think that depends on where he is and what garb he is wearing, if that makes sense. And what about Head of Tank? Well, I've always pictured Head of Tank as sounding like the humongous from uh, Mad Max 2. Um, if you look at the way he speaks, he's very eloquent. You know, he uses big words. That is the sort of basis for his swagger, if that makes sense. Uh, so go back and read issue one knowing that. I think it'll be very illuminating. Quentin also asked, when you were playing Bioshock, did it inspire any upcoming builds? Um, I think it, it would have, but playing Bioshock got cut short by demands for me to download Warzone from all my friends. And uh, I've lost the Bioshock thread. I'm now fully in the Warzone mode. Doing really well, actually. Actually placed third last night. Um, so, sadly, not much Bioshock influence going. I was trying to think, too, when I originally played Bioshock Infinite, um, you know, that would have would have been a year or two before Knights of the Slice really started being plotted out. Uh, I don't think any of it really seeped in to Knights of the Slice. But... Really fantastic. I, I think, if anything, um, Desert Rat kind of takes a little bit of uh, Bioshock Infinite. I know when I was writing the, the Desert Rat story, Lesser Gods and Mortals, um, I, I definitely, that was around the same time I was playing Bioshock Infinite. I know that the, the selection of the um, Mauser pistol as his weapon was also a nod to Bioshock Infinite because that's a, a gun that you get to use in that game as well. Then finally, Quentin says, Medic Rat? Question mark. Uh, there will be medical reinforcements sometime soon, but nobody has guessed what that is yet, so we'll have to wait and see. Chris Warner, what was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon from the 90s? Uh, without thinking too much about it, I'm going to say Exo Squad. I generally enjoyed getting up and watching that and then trying to go find the figures directly afterwards which my first purchase by the way was alec de leon chris solis does one need the tactile feel or presence to enjoy books discs art etc does the medium matter or has digital eradica eradicated the need for the physical you know i think it's largely generational but me personally uh, I need a physical thing. I, I can't read comic books digitally. I've tried. I own a lot of them, but I just, 
I find I go back to the real thing. And specifically not reprints the original issues. There's also something about the paper quality, the printing style, and the ads in old comic books that add to the orb of it all. I, I can't, I just can't do it any other way. JT says, congrats on Radic coming into being. I love the look of the glow-in-the-dark Radic. Makes me excited for a UV version. I've never seen it, but is there such a thing as UV reactive glow-in-the-dark plastic? So all glow-in-the-dark plastic, or I should say most, uh, those should be UV reactive. Uh, the pigments have the same properties. Uh, so if you put a glow-in-the-dark figure under the black light, it, it glows incredibly bright. And you can use those those UV pens to kind of manipulate the uh, glowing effect. Um, the same principles exist in our color change figures, which many people have experimented with. Which, by the way, when it's sunny again, those are coming back into stock. So if you missed out last year, you're going to have another chance. I almost missed this question, which is a, a very good question from Brett Lawson. He says, what are your quarantine procedures for all your new inventory coming from overseas and anywhere else? So there's a lot of information about the disease that has changed or evolved over some time, but the uh, significant one that's been in place since this was first being reported in December is that the survivability of this on sort of a... Uh, inanimate objects like say a package is no more than 48 hours um, this is held true and been pretty consistent and hasn't changed in anything i've read seen or heard um, while my goods originate from mainland china and they pass through hong kong and then come here there's a very close proximity to the sort of patient zero of this whole thing but the thing working in my favor is that after 48 hours it is incredibly unlikely there's any trace amounts of the disease on anything. And even so, it is harder to contract from a surface such as that uh, compared to, you know, walking into somebody's sneeze or someone aggressively coughing into your mouth. Um, so, in all likelihood, the travel from China to here, it's going to take four or five days. They may get held up at customs. Um, FedEx may be doing some more quarantining uh, of their imports. I, I don't know at this point. But basically, a, a more than double the absolute threshold time needed for this disease to die on the surface is uh, totally taken care of. Additionally, I will be using um, disposable gloves when I sort of unpack these. Now, my distribution to you guys is assuming I am not a carrier of the disease, nor am I affected or symptomatic, but I still stick to the recommendation you should be washing everything you get, including things coming from me. Uh, there is also, in terms of the goods leaving China coming here, there's also an added benefit to it being air freighted because air, uh, airplane cargo holds are not climate controlled, they fly very high, it is very cold up there, and that also acts as a destabilizing force in terms of uh, virus or cellular uh, longevity. 
you know, that shock of cold air for several hours at a time. Remember, these are, you know, flights going across the world. Being in that cargo hold is also a very good way for a lot of um, sort of particulates you don't want dying off. So I'm fairly confident in the process that we have in it eliminating 99% of any chance of sort of bringing something from China to here that could be dangerous. I'm, I've always been very confident in that. But if you want 100% certainty, get out the hot water, get out the soap, uh, you know, douse a paper towel in rubbing alcohol, and just give it the once over. I see no reason why not to. And now we are over to our Facebook questions. So let's hop into that. Paul Michael, caster powers are so cool and creative. Is there any sort of guild or organized group of casters in slash out of the vector? That's a great question. Uh, the casting ability has not really become that widespread. For all we know, it may only be Cyber Mama that, that has this ability. So there isn't sort of enough people, enough of a critical mass to support a, a brotherhood or a guild or things like that. But I, I could see something like that happen, assuming there are other casters in the universe. But a uh, very interesting question and something I think we may explore over the next couple of years. Philip Barrara, now that spring is here, what seasonal activities are you looking forward to? Your place in the woods, which is heavily fortified, by the way, with many booby traps and surveillance cameras, is an ideal place to spend spring or any season. Uh, you know, my, my life after January 1st becomes laser-focused on getting that pool open. Once the pool is open, Subsidy launches, and the creativity just flows from within me. So, you know, as soon as the, the new year is upon us, I'm, I start thinking about that. And I want to get it open earlier and earlier. And uh, that's, that's it, man. I like to be outside. I like to open eBay packages, poolside. I like to grill and uh, just get as much sun as I can. Tom Horton, who I believe is a newer squire of the Slice, Asks the impossible question, what is your favorite toy line growing up? <sighs> I, how can one possibly answer this? How Could you answer this, Tom? I don't think anybody who's a collector can really pinpoint a single one. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, the, the line that pops into my head is Playmates Dick Tracy, which is a silly choice because it really didn't last very long and you know, the toys themselves are not fantastic, but for some reason I was very drawn to that. Now, my answer changes all the time, but that's that's my answer today. Um, I would really like to be able to do my version of that line. I would love to do gangster-style figures and grotesque henchmen and things like that. So, um, fingers crossed I get to do that one day. Cliff Uchida, uh, what do I think is an underrated TV show more people should know about? I'm going to pick two, Briscoe County Jr., starring Bruce Campbell. I don't actually know if this show holds up. I haven't rewatched it since I was a kid, but I loved it when I was a kid. It was a sort of funny western, um, uh, kind of going for like an Indiana Jones vibe, but I really enjoyed it. Um, I should probably go back and watch it. The other one I would recommend is Stunt Masters, which is the 
it is so 90s. It is like radioactively 90s when you watch it. Uh, it's it's really wonderful. Sometimes they show behind the scenes footage of films. Um, sometimes they show impossible stunts, like a motorcycle jumping off of a, a huge ramp and landing on a, a sort of tractor trailer. I used to watch that show a lot when I was a kid. All of these stunt performers are wild. These guys are clearly using cocaine a lot. Um, they unfortunately have to take off their gold jewelry before they do these stunts. Uh, a lot of um, like scenarios and play patterns that I had when I was a kid came from stunt masters. And in particular, the idea of landing on a tractor trailer. There was something so cool about that idea whether you're parachuting in or jumping from a motorcycle onto it. I was really obsessed with that idea. And you're going to see that very scenario play out in the next couple months in a, in a story that's coming soon. And it's, it's been ingrained in my brain for some reason. And, and I've iterated on this idea over and over again in comics and in play patterns and things like that. So it's, it's fun to finally like publish a, you know, a definitive version of that sort of stunt. Matthew Ian, did you ever develop or consider any other accessories for Old Knight? A triangular shield would be great, but also thinking axe, mace, jousting lance. Uh, very interesting question. There, There is actually an accessory that was sculpted but never used, and that is a matching arm cannon for the, um, I believe it would be the right arm. So uh, Erwin got way ahead of himself and loved doing the cannon so much, he sculpted a second matching one for the right arm. Now, when it came time to tool, we had more pieces than we could possibly manufacture, so that was one of the early cuts that we made, but um, there are some photos out there of the prototype with dual cannon arms, which I think is pretty cool. I I'm going to have to uh, see if I can find those and maybe post up. Um, we definitely considered other things. I think there was like a, a broadsword, but never got sculpted. Uh, obviously, uh, Cyber Mama's head and torso were intended to be part of that, and they got cut, and she got moved into her own figure, as many people know. Um, interestingly enough, I think that Old Knight was probably the new figure that did had sort of the softest sails behind it, interestingly enough. Now, we originally rolled out the clear red Invader Old Knight at DesignerCon the year it was available, and that did really well for us. I actually oversold on those, and um, those became hard to find. Then, a few months later, I remember there were some delays in production, and it took me a while to get fully painted figures out, and that was the Cray uh, Heroes of Nosfera assortment, doing uh, recreating my sort of you know, childhood Dungeons and Dragons figures as a, as a toy line. And that set did not do well. It had pretty poor sales compared to the first painted version of new figures when they come out, typically. Uh, I don't know if, maybe I was too self-indulgent in trying to get all of my, all these characters I loved into an assortment. I don't know if the color schemes were wrong. I, you know, who knows? Um, I'm very happy with that assortment, but it did not do very well. And uh, outside of, I think, Pike, who is that classic red and black that everybody likes, 
uh, I had a lot of inventory of those for a very long time. So interesting sort of side note on the public reception to what normally is, you know, a guaranteed smash sale, your first painted version of a new figure. We'll see if uh, Raddick can, can exceed that or if he's uh, going to suffer the same fate. Snake Pike asks, what are your current views on the state of Action Figure of the Month 2021? Any update on Hackerman? These are both great questions. So, Action Figure of the Month 2021. What I think is going to happen, and this could change, but my feeling right now, is that the Patreon is going to become the Action Figure of the Month Club. Um, This means, this is theoretical by the way, just a reminder. This would mean that the material style figures that are gifts for Action Figure of the Month people, those would likely become items that are first available to patrons as an extra add-on, um, but then eventually end up in the store. Instead of the material style figure, that $25 to $30 tier would instead get a fully painted figure, and that would be the monthly figure. That would be That would take the place of the Action Figure of the Month um, separate mailing. $5 tier would not get a full figure, but it would get some accessory or a sticker or some kind of bonus. So um, this is just my thinking today. This could change, but one, my fulfillment process is way too complex because I have store orders, I have Patreon gifts, I have Patreon pre-orders, and I have Action Figure of the Month parcels to dispatch. I can't do all that. It's all it's all just me. Um, so I have to sort of pull this stuff together into a tighter formation. I think that by offering that you know the mid-tier uh, Patreon pledge level as the actual action figure month, this one allows people to drop in and out month to month when they want to. Uh, this allows people to enroll if they've missed out on the campaign. Uh, I'm taking a little bit of a hit on margin because Patreon do make a percentage of the money that's raised. But I think that that's kind of the picture of what the future is going to be. Instead of having all these separate avenues, I'm going to try to consolidate, uh, get more people on the Patreon, and then use that as my base for action figures of the month. Now... Launching the Action Figure of the Month campaign is typically a fundraising event, so we have certain figures we want to do, we have, you know, X, Y, and Z. We can still do fundraising outside of Action Figure of the Month. We've now proven, as a collective, we can raise and unlock one to two figures. That's pretty exceptional. So, what will probably happen is we'll, there will be fundraising events separate from the Patreon, And then the numbers, the enrollees of Action Figure of the Month can kind of fluctuate. That's going to provide its own challenge to me. I have some ideas on how to mitigate that. But uh, essentially, I think that that's what's going to happen. Action Figure of the Month Club will no longer be a separate entity. It will likely be rolled over into the Patreon. Um, And then fundraising for individual sculpts will happen just outside of that, and I'll work out some incentives to get people to kind of hop into that process and and help us raise money. So that's where my head's at. Um, Let me know, you know, what you guys would like to see. This is a good time to get your feedback 
I know most people, I think everybody is pretty happy with Action Figure of the Month Club. And we haven't even released the best figures yet. Uh, but especially with how sort of wild things are going to be over the next couple of years, I need to strategically consolidate where I can and try to build something that's a little less, I don't know, a little less dangerous and susceptible to shifts in the supply chain and manufacturing and things like that. Any updates on Hackerman? So Hackerman is moving very slowly. Uh, everything's moving slowly, obviously. Hackerman is probably about four to six weeks behind schedule at this point. Um, it is very hard to parcel out how how much of an impact this uh, virus outbreak has had on individual production lines. Some of them seem to be at, you know, above 50% capacity. Some of them seem to be really dragging their feet at 30 to 40, maybe even as low as 15% capacity. Um, also, I-, I thought about clarifying something important here. Factories, when we mention them, when, when creators or manufacturers mention them, this is a blanket term. A factory may in fact be several different entities, several different assembly lines, a different building off-site that handles paint, a different building off-site that handles assembly, several different vendors, entity names. A factory is not one cohesive place necessarily. Now, when you get to the level of a Mattel or a Hasbro, they typically, you know, that is a all-encompassing campus where everything is done in one place. So when I say factory, I think people are conjuring just one great big building where all the workers are and, you know, everybody's working in unison in one thing. It's actually a much more disparate sort of picture. It is a lot of different places, sometimes a couple miles away from each other, that are putting together these goods. And even if you do go over there in person, you may not get a complete picture of where everything is taking place. You know, the tooling shop can be somewhere completely different from the paint area, etc., etc. So, um, when certain figures I'm doing are moving at a different speed, or dates shift, or you know, there's incongruent details, that's because what I think the layman understanding of a factory is, uh, doesn't give you a complete picture of how very separate a lot of these components can be. And, you know, in truth, that's where some of these errors pop up. Simple things like, you know, an arm not fitting the right way or, you know, any of the little details that seem out of place, that can come from, from these really separate environments. So just a little interesting sort of background info I thought you guys might want to have. So Hackerman, to my best guess, I think within the next two weeks, I will see a first shot, fingers crossed. I will be able to assess how well the tool is, what changes need to be made. Um, It's going to be several weeks after that to get fully painted samples. You know, I I think logically, Hackerman is a summer figure. Um, I do not think he's going to be in May. We know conclusively that April is going to be Braddock. Well, pretty conclusively. Uh, I do not see Hackerman coming in in May. 
that would probably put him at a June, July, August release. Um, if you pre-ordered the Meat Ambassador version of Hackerman, there are going to be some changes to that figure. I'm not going to discuss those until I have something to show you guys. But um, due to you know the endless amount of complications that are going on over there, I am not able to get a mixture of plastic that I'm happy with. But I have a backup idea that I think is pretty cool. So uh, look forward to an update on that probably within a month or so, and we'll talk about what the options are there. I actually think, like most things, this backup plan ends up being a little bit better than the original idea. So uh, hang in there. I'm looking forward to Hackerman for sure. Now that I've had, you know, now that I have Erratic in hand, I got that first test shot. I'm already over him. I'm ready for the next figure, as is my personality. So I'm very excited for him to get here. I share your enthusiasm. Ian Emeling, who uh, did some fantastic artwork for this, the previous story that was released this week, the uh, Combat Bugman versus Eel. Uh, thank you, Ian, for lending your talents to us. He asks a very good question. When it comes to toy packaging, is there a standout for best artwork? My personal favorite comes from the Japanese model kits and Bandai Macross Valks, Super Ostrich to be specific. Uh, I'm with you. I draw a lot of my influence from packaging artwork, and I would say that the Gakken Maspita figure, uh, that packaging is hugely influential to me, and if you go back and look at last year's Toy Pizza Con Stomper figure, uh, Drew Wise recreated that packaging art in beautiful detail in order to do our Stomper sticker. Um, so, uh, I, I think those are an endless inspiration, uh, and a, a wealth of influence. All those, those great model kit packaging, just, you know, I don't think you need to look any further than that. Final question coming in from Gabriel Tovar, favorite kaiju. Um, I'm not a huge kaiju guy, but I will say I was always perplexed and fascinated by Gamera as a kid. Uh, especially when he's doing his sort of gymnastics on a parallel bar. <laughs> uh, just baffling to me. He's a very cute kaiju. Uh, I don't think I own really any kaiju. Oh, wait. You know what? I just got one in the mail, actually. Uh, let me amend my statement. Uh, I like the skeleton bad guy from the first season of Power Rangers. His name escapes me at the moment. Uh, I... Uh, managed to get one off of eBay for like 15 bucks with the sword, which is very hard to get. This is a beautiful character, has sort of a exoskeleton made of bone, uh, a top hat, a very jaunty top hat with a feather and a pink cape and a sword. Really excellent character. Um, so maybe I'll, I will pick that as my favorite kaiju. Thanks for tuning in to today's Distazapod. I hope you guys are staying safe and sane out there. I'll be around. I'll be live streaming. I'll be uh, going to live stream cleaning my kitchen today. That should be exciting. Um, hope you're all doing great. Thank you for the support, especially on Patreon. Thanks for turning out for my sale. We're on the home stretch now. Radic is almost here. It's going to be a very exciting chapter in this project we're all working on together. So uh, I have nothing else to say. 
with the exception of Pizza Out.